Hello and welcome to Angel Insights, the show that delves inside the world of angel investors, brought to you by Syndicate Room. I am delighted to welcome Modwena Rees-Mogg to the show today. Modwena is an experienced corporate financer turned entrepreneur, and she is the founder of leading private investor news service, www.angelnews.co.uk, with the goal of improving transparency and accountability in the early stage investment market to enable it to grow and create win-win situations for all concerned. Modwena has also recently co-founded Crowdrating, the ratings agency for equity crowdfunding. And in today's episode, we delve into why now is the best time to be an angel, what separates a great angel from a good angel, and how to utilise a network to ensure for maximum deal flow. But before we delve into the show today, would you like to win a signed copy of the fantastic venture deals by the investing titan that is Brad Feld? If so, all you have to do is click the click to tweet link included in the show notes on iTunes and you'll be submitted into the competition. But without further ado, it is now time to welcome Modwena Rees-Mogg. Modwena, welcome to Angel Insights. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Harry, it's great to see you. Now, I'd love to start off by hearing, how did you get into the investing world? I left my job in the city back in 96, ran away to the country to get married and have a family. Um, By about 99, I was champing at the bit, wanting to start working again. And I started working with entrepreneurs. And then I got asked by a friend of mine to run a high-end investor club for angels. You recently said that there's never been a better time to be an angel. Why do you think that is? I mean, what's changed in the entrepreneurial and the angel investing environment that's made you say that? An enormous amount has changed. One of the important things is is that the quality of entrepreneurship has risen through a mixture of uh, sort of learning and engagement, ranging from sort of television programs like Dragon's Den, and but also more and more courses and availability in business schools and universities teaching people about entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also, um, which means there are better quality deals available. Uh, we've also got a really interesting theme that individual people are wanting to become more engaged with the investments they make and not just leave it to the professionals so maybe having watched dragons then too they fancy themselves sitting in one of those chairs and uh you know having the chance to make an investment and engage with a company i think also we've got an enormous number of changes in the workforce which have meant people want to empower themselves and set up businesses and take control of their own lives i think they say a lot of people would rather work 70 hours a week for themselves rather than 35 hours a week for somebody else and you said there about an increase in the investors maybe being inspired by dragon's den style um shows and educational things um does that concern you then having a maybe slightly proliferated market of angel investors i mean is it making it harder to get those good deals no because i think there are more good deals around and one of the points about angel investing is what's a good deal for one angel isn't going to be a good deal for another angel because the value an angel can add makes a lot of difference to the success of the business so with more opportunities around there are more opportunities for different sorts of angels to find the right deal for them and talking of value add there of angels, you've seen numerous brilliant angels over the years, I'm sure, uh, and some not so brilliant. So <laughs> what in your mind separates the incredible from the, let's say, slightly less useful? 
I think um, I think the angels who well let's perhaps talk about the angels who make money because I guess that is the measure there's that measure and then the measure of do they add value um, and in terms of making money what I'm seeing is investors are getting a lot sm smarter about understanding the risks um, making sure they do their homework about what they're investing in the, I hope there's less people just going oh I'll just throw some money at that because it sounds good and they're actually looking at the business and saying, you know, even though the risks are very high, um, can, do I understand those risks? What can I do to help mitigate them? Uh, and all the other aspects of investing that are so important. In terms of the value add, um, I think the best angels are the ones who are quite emotionally intelligent and understand that there is a difference between being a business person managing a business and being an investor in it. Um, the angels who... I think get it wrong are the ones who think, uh, oh, if only I was running that company, it would work like this, uh, without perhaps either communicating that or uh, if they do communicate it, communicating the value they can add wrongly to the entrepreneur. Uh, if that happens, what the entrepreneur will just start switching off and not be interested. Hmm. And you said there about investors doing kind of the proper due diligence before making the investment. What is the core KPIs that you would always look at then? So uh, my favourite actually is w that the entrepreneur has more to lose by giving up than carrying on. I think that's the fundamental one that, you know, at all times or as many times as possible, the entrepreneur thinks it's still my best option to make this business a great success. Um, uh, I think uh, as well, it's having businesses where the business model is suitable for angel investment. And that tends to be stuff which has got relatively low capital expenditure required to achieve the growth. And that's why so many investors invest in internet-y stuff and um, medical services, the sorts of things where you don't need to build a factory before you've even made a product. Absolutely. And we said there about success in terms of angel investing with regards to financial success. And a lot of that maybe comes down to portfolio construction and how to get the most capital-efficient portfolio in terms yeah. of returns what, what would you say your approach would be then to portfolio construction do you like a diverse wide variety or do you like to hone in on fintech or consumer no i think there's i think there's various strategies um so one strategy if you want to be the value-added person is to i think find two or three at any one time that you're actively involved with now it's unlikely you're going to be needed to be actively involved every day for 10 years before the company exits. So you can build a portfolio whereby you have some little ones where you give quite a lot of help. And then once they get up and running and don't need your help so much anymore, you then find a few more. So over time, you might build a portfolio of 5, 10, 15 investments like that. Um, I think if you're going to go the other way, statistically, all the research suggests you probably need... 30 investments to have a sufficient portfolio spread um, then you have a choice with portfolio investing do you try and uh, maybe corner a whole sector and you know back everything in clever apps for food or whatever mm -hmm. or do you try and spread across many different sectors or a few and I think that's the bit that's a personal decision what would you say yours would be then mine mm. I probably do fintech and media and com because those are the areas I know best. Okay, absolutely. And then you said there about the kind of activity of the investor within their portfolio company and how much they do provide. 
Is it often quite hard for angel investors to sometimes not get too involved and take a back seat? And how can they balance the advisory role with a very operational, hands-on role? I think I think clarity is really important. And I think more important than anything is, is having the relationship with the entrepreneur that they sort of like and trust you mm. and feel they can be honest and open with you. Because the nature of the investment of raising money is that it's pretty much them trying to get money off you and you trying to decide whether you should give it to them. Um, and you need to then move that relationship into one of, of partnership where you are needed and wanted um, and that that is an open and ongoing and flexible situation. Because I think some entrepreneurs um, find that useful, you know, concerned investors who um, actually don't have much relevant experience just become a, a distraction when they're trying to get on with make, finding customers or improving the product or doing some marketing or whatever it may be. And you said there about entrepreneurs liking and trusting their angels. Mm. That, yeah. that probably entails quite a lot of uh, a relationship beforehand. So do you like to know the entrepreneurs well beforehand or will you make an investment and would you advise making investments quite quickly and off the cuff? No, I would. Well, actually, what I advise all angels I meet is the first thing you should do is meet other angels and find people who invest in a similar way and with a similar approach and with similar time horizons to yourself. Because if you think of the sort of triangle that is the entrepreneur, you and your other investors, if you've got all the other investors and yourself thinking and speaking and talking along the same lines, that's going to be easier for the entrepreneur, but also easier for you. So that's the first step. Then I definitely think you should know people, really. Though um, we, uh, I do know investors who are happy to uh, invest on the basis that they know about you or uh, know, know from your reputation that they can trust you. Absolutely. And talking there about kind of meeting a network of angels, mm. where do you stand on the syndicated model of angel investing? I mean, we've seen a big growth in it. What do you think of crowdfunding platforms like Syndicate Room? I think um, they're fantastic because very few people have the sort of financial firepower to back a business all the way through, through every round and get it to exit. Therefore, being able to share your money across things whilst other people are also sharing their money across deals um, obviously makes sense. But actually, there's a more important thing. One is um, by being in a syndicate, you can lean on other members of the syndicate and they can lean on you. Mm. And that's only a good thing. And secondly, you have the advantage with many of the platforms where they are a preparing deals very well. And also they have a lot of they can get all the management and paperwork and structures and all those things that you know most people um, find it more challenging to spend time on because uh, they want to spend time having fun thinking about how to grow the business. <laughs> And when looking for co-investors and your angel network, how should you kind of distinguish between the people you do want to be uh, connected to and those that aren't so important? What should they look for in co-investors? In co-investors? Um, so I think, I do think it's important that you have some sort of, I tend to use the word simpatico, I don't know if that's a word um, what anyone else uses, but you should be in sympathy and aligned with each other and understand objectives. Um, that, that can have consequences because if you are all a similar age, that might mean in 10 years' time you're all getting quite old <laughs> and that might affect your investing strategy. So I don't think it's per se about age or colour or creed or sex or anything like that. It's about people where you have a connection with and you understand each other um, so that you can communicate because um, over the life of a deal, particularly when it's syndicates, you'll find that 
investors move to and fro in their interest in a particular deal. And so some people might get more interested for a while. Some people then might pull away for a while because they've got something else they need to deal with. Um, so at least if everyone's on the same um, wavelength when they start, when that sort of movement in activity between members of the syndicate changes, it should be a fairly smooth process of transfer of whatever the role or activity might be. Mm. If you're all don't know each other, you're just randomly investing all over the place, you've added a whole dimension of trouble, I think, going forwards when there are debates about things like new funding rounds or when the company faces a big challenge, a commercial challenge or some PR nightmare or whatever. And if a startup has more than one angel on the cap sheet, as they traditionally do and in this syndicated model, how should they know who should be the lead investor? Well, first of all, the lead investor should um, not be somebody who is putting in the most money. Because just because you've written the biggest cheque should not buy you the right. And you shouldn't want the right to do it because the lead is about the value-added bit. Um, And the other characteristic of a lead is that you should understand that you're there to sort of work with the entrepreneur, but you are representing the other uh, investors. And... What tends to happen over time, I've watched sort of syndicates um, going clearly before recently it wasn't platforms, but old-fashioned syndicates. And the lead investor can go native over time with the entrepreneur and stop uh, thinking what the investors might be mm. thinking about. So there are two options there. One is you um, have a, a lead investor who's a sort of value-added person who goes, as it were, can go native with the entrepreneur. And maybe you then need somebody who is much more distanced and is just there to say, you know, how is how is this investment doing? Hmm. And report to us and we'll report back. But they also play a very important role helping garner the views and opinions of the investors and communicating those views to the entrepreneur in one stream rather than every member of the syndicate having to communicate separately with the entrepreneur and take their time off growing the business. And talking of the syndicated investing model, a very exciting new project for you is crowd racing. So can you tell us a bit about the site, uh, how, how you assess whether a project is a solid investment or not, and just a bit of background? Yeah, okay, well, background is it's long been a dream of mine that I think the lack of independent research and commentary on equity I'm, I'm not so qualified on debt so i'm not going to talk about that but on equity is um is a is a significant problem in the market if you look into the quoted markets or even the semi on the semi-quoted the aims and this as well there is very little research and independent opinion um which people publish uh so we decided um alex heath and i uh to set up a ratings agency where it was we call it a sort of computer or ratings engine with a human head on it. The idea that we use the efficiency of the internet and use the efficiency of processes for analysing information, but then taking that and actually putting a human interpretation onto that stuff rather than letting a computer decide what should happen. So do you analyse uh, in deal by deal or sector by sector? How does yes. So we're only we're three weeks and one day old in okay. terms of since we launched. So it's early days. Um, but uh, what we do is we cover campaigns on all the platforms we cover. So we very much enjoy doing the syndicate room uh, campaigns. And Thank you so much. That, that we, <laughs> I'll yeah, give you, no, I'll give well, you they're all great. Later. <laughs> um, uh, but it's it's very interesting. One of the things that's very good about syndicate room is their comprehensive information that yeah. is provided, mm. which makes um, 
uh, us uh, well, gives us lots of facts to process to you put into our ratings engine to process and then what we do is we basically if you can imagine pour the facts into the ratings engine mm -hmm. the, it has about 60 questions which are the sorts of questions investors ask so i'll give one that's obvious because you could all work it out for yourselves which is around management experience so in our view if you've got a team which has got entrepreneurial experience evidence of success in the past evidence of industry knowledge and understanding that is a team which has more skills than a team which is somebody who's come from a different sector knows nothing about the industry knows nothing about growing business because they've been in a corporate so there's clearly a different score between those two people absolutely um so that's the sort of thing we ask and then we have some quite rinky dink clever questions which are quite um technical which uh, would be quite hard to work out what we're doing but it's all about taking the facts and interpreting it and then you give it a score is it like a then we, yeah then we give it a score so we we basically rate management product and investment they get gold silver or bronze in those categories and a percentage score and then within each category there are three sub elements so um in management we look at skills we look at experience and we look at commitment because we also think that commitment's a very important issue that how committed the entrepreneurs are to that particular project and how much time they're devoting will make a difference that if you are full time 24/7 if not you know 7 days a week you are going to be putting in more hours and that should have a much better effect than if you work on something 2 days a week and so how can we access this service it's what what's the domain name where what do we there. google so you go to crowdrating.co.uk. Okay. You have to register because um, the ratings we publish, we are appointed representatives of a firm called Sturgeon Ventures, who are a regulatory incubator. Okay. So they look after companies like ours uh, from a regulatory perspective. And then you log in, um, and there are lots of different types of category, category you can log in as, whether it's an advised investor, a high net worth, a certificated, sophisticated investor. But I'm sure there'll be one that suits um, the person who goes to the site to look. Uh, and then you register as a simple sort of click-through email thing just to confirm uh, you are who you say you are. And then um, then you're in and you can enjoy looking around. And you can actually make comments on what we say because you know, we are only expressing one opinion, which is based on our ratings engine and our interpretation of the results of the engine. So we have people who put up little notes saying sometimes they say they totally disagree with us. And that's good because what we want is more and more independent comment and thought about deals. Absolutely, yeah. And if it's okay with you, we're going to move into a quick fire round now. Yeah. So, your favourite investing or tech related resource, other than crowd rating? <laughs> uh, uh, yes, oh, uh, well, since, uh, the crowdfunding platforms, clearly. <laughs> um, and followed by that, actually, I think CB Insights is really good. Yeah, absolutely. American fantastic. free newsletter. And then the biggest misconception about early stage investing? Um. I think the biggest misconception is people not understanding that you're doing it to make money. And at what spectrum does that become greed or betting? Is it, Everyone will be different. But but denying denying yourself that that's why you're trying to do it and trying to think you're doing it because it's fun or is bound to disappoint. Because at least if you know you're trying to make money, then you can decide whether you care or not. Yeah, absolutely. And what are the must-knows then to individuals starting out in the investing game? The, must th the things angels must know. Yeah. Okay. So you must know that um, uh, if you invest blindly or just 
chuck money in things, you may as well be throwing your money down the river. Okay. Um, you must know that you need to do all the paperwork properly, particularly if you want the tax breaks. Mm-hmm. And always, for every single deal, pass it by your accountant. <laughs> Okay. Um, even if you think you don't have to, because uh, deals can, these schemes are not just a free ride, a free tax break. And then finally, what what's the next five years hold for you and for crowd rating? The next five years holds um, building in, a much larger number of important and deep relationships with this new generation of people who've understood how fintech is going to revolutionize early stage investment and entrepreneurship and we will begin to be able to make a successful company well, i.e we'll take an idea and we'll actually know how to apply this strategy on a monday and that bit of marketing on a tuesday and we will start making things like whatsapp where in you know two years they go from being so nothing to amazing yeah absolutely. rather than struggling along for years so so my dream would be we, in the next 10 years that the three to five year exit becomes real Rather than today, the reality of exit is probably seven to ten years. Yeah. But actually, that would be um, my overarching um, ambition as well as building the relationships. Clearly, crowd, making crowd rating globally successful and marvellous and massively profitable and selling out for billions. How about that? <laughs> well, Mudwana, thank you so much for coming on the show. I've hugely enjoyed chatting with you. It's been a real pleasure. Likewise, thanks for such intelligent questions. Absolutely fantastic to have Modwena on the show and a huge hand to her for giving up her time to come on Angel Insights today. And for the accompanying article to this episode, head on over to www.syndicateroom.com and dive into the Learn page where all the articles from the podcast can be found. Don't forget, if you would like the opportunity to win venture deals by the legend that is Brad Feld, all you have to do is click the click to tweet link included in the show notes on iTunes. And before we leave you today, we would like to remind you that all investing is risky. Therefore, it is important that you do not invest more than you can afford to lose and you do conduct the proper due diligence prior to making the investment. Thanks so much, as always, for your continued support and we look very forward to seeing you in the next episode.